Welcome to The Gaslighting Effect. I'm Angela, writer, teacher, cult survivor. After decades of being silenced, I'm finally finding my voice. Listeners, after all the pretty dark and miserable stuff that I covered in the last episode, which in my opinion got pretty specific for an episode about sexual abuse and sexual dysfunction caused by shame. Um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how best to follow that up. Because my ex-husband is kind of a product of his upbringing as well as a product of, of, you know, some other things. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily the stereotypical Mormon man. He's a little bit different. And so I don't want to put all Mormon men in the same bucket or in the same category or say that they are all like him because I think he's pretty unique in certain ways. When my ex was being profiled for his security clearance when he was working for the government, they actually diagnosed him with an unspecified personality disorder. I'm not going to try and specify one because I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I do not have the expertise to do that. But needless to say, he has some very interesting traits. Uh, One of of which is that you cannot talk to him without feeling crazy sometimes. It's like he has a certain way of viewing the world that's kind of distorted, and he brings you into that worldview. You know, he's like the sun and the sun has all that gravity and you're like a planet and he just kind of sucks you into that worldview that he has because he believes in it so firmly himself. And this is one characteristic of of personality disorder people, which is pretty common across the board, which makes it hard to live with someone that has a personality disorder. Just not being able to reason with them because the only point of view that's right is their distorted point of view. So I was thinking about what I should focus on because there's a lot of ugly stuff on this podcast just generally. Uh, The whole second season is about workplace mobbing and I've talked about my, my mother who's emotionally abusive and my father who's an enabler and toxic workplaces and toxic religion and all of this toxicity needs to come from someplace, right? And while I could boil it down to an episode on narcissism, I think that's overly simplistic because there are lots of reasons that people behave in these ways. And the one word that I could come up with that really covered it all was entitlement. Now, as teachers, we sometimes talk about children who are entitled. And I'm not saying that Entitled children don't exist. They do. There are definitely some children that are entitled, but usually they don't come out of the womb being more entitled than their peers. Often they get that way because they have parents who make them believe that they're entitled to be treated better than other people or they get spoiled. And that's not the kind of entitlement I'm talking about here. I'm not referring to children. Children are growing, they're developing. And children often have trauma and other things they're dealing with. What I'm talking about is adult entitlement. 
There are lots of books about male entitlement. There's a very good one uh, called Why Does He Do That? Which covers male entitlement. But again, I don't think that this is a problem that is just with men. Because I've met too many people in my life that are not men that are like this. I've met plenty of women that have entitlement issues. Just like I've met men who have entitlement issues. I've met Yeah, so I think what it comes down to is what the person feels entitled to in terms of what they choose to abuse or neglect or treat a certain way. So let's say you have a job and your boss and the organization you work for doesn't see you as a person so much as they see you as a tool and they're going to use you to further their ends And they don't really care if you're happy. And they don't really care if you have a fulfilling life outside of work or if you're thriving in other areas. All they really care about is that you are giving your life to them, this organization, this boss. They're entitled to your time and they're entitled to your energy. And they don't see you as a person. They see you as a tool. I think this is something that abusive workplaces all have in common. They don't view their workers as people. They view their workers as tools and they feel entitled to their time and their energy and they're perfectly happy running those workers into the ground. And they do not care if there's workplace bullying. They do not care if it's an unhealthy work culture as long as the power structure is solid and they are getting the output to make money or to get whatever outcome is important to the organization okay so that would be like organizational entitlement right there and you see that in churches also look at Mormonism where I grew up people get used to this idea that women are less than men just in terms of women can't ever be in charge of men Um, women can't be in the quorum of the twelve Women can't, um, I mean, they can serve missions, but they can never be a mission leader. They always have to serve under a man. They can have authority positions over children and other women, but they're, even the women's organization in the church, which is the largest organiza- women's organization in the world, is, is under men. The men actually run it. Okay, so the people in the church, they rationalize it and they get used to it. And they're perfectly, mostly perfectly fine with the way things are because they don't see that the church doesn't care about them. The church only cares that their members are getting married young and having children and bringing them up to be Mormon to increase their membership numbers so that they have more people paying tithing so they can continue to amass wealth. That's what the church is about. And the people in the church, by and large, they don't see that. They believe all the propaganda that the church is just trying to make them happy and that this is the truth and this is God's will and it's all about obedience, obedience, obedience and there are lots of abuses because... The church itself is entitled to set the rules 
It's entitled to its members' time. It's entitled to its members' feelings, even. It, it tells you how you're allowed to feel. It tells you what you're allowed to read in terms of research. They tell you the underwear you're allowed to wear. And you would think anyone would leave a church like that, right? But when you grow up in it, you think it's normal. You think, and you don't recognize that this is coming from, well, the church is on top and they feel entitled to all of your money and entitled to all of your resources and to all of your time and to all of your, you know, they, they really don't care about you. And that, again, comes from the organizational entitlement. It doesn't help to have individuals in those kinds of organizations behave with entitlement because it's like layers. They're more likely to behave in that way because they think it's normal. They aren't necessarily sick people in and of themselves. They might not be unhealthy if you took them out of the organization, but then again, they might. My mother gaslit me for a decade. And now we're no contact and one of the best decisions I've ever made because I can actually function without constantly worrying about her and constantly worrying about defending myself against a constant onslaught of, of basically attacks that I never know when they're going to come. <laughs> so in that sense, you know, no contact is awesome. But why would a mother do that? Why would a mother treat her own child that way? Now, we believe that mothers love their kids and would do anything for their kids, and that's how it should be. But there are so many moms that aren't like that because they feel like they gave birth to that child and they are therefore that child owes them their life. They owe them loyalty. They owe them respect. They owe them obedience. And really, for my parents, it was about obedience. That comes from entitlement. My parents will probably be perfectly lovely friends if I were not their daughter. If they were the next door neighbor and I was about their age, they would probably be friendly and nice and we'd probably get along just splendidly because they wouldn't be expecting a bunch of things from me that are unreasonable and they wouldn't be resentful and they wouldn't get angry because they feel entitled to my time and my energy. You know, these people who are entitled, they're like black holes. They just suck everything in and you can never give them enough. They will never, ever, ever be happy. And that's what I found with my ex-husband too. I really tried with him. I bent over backwards. I gave him all my energy and all my time and all the attention I possibly could. I never said no to him sexually until like six months before I left him. I mean, I was as devoted as they come, totally loyal. And it speaks volumes that I put up with, and I put up with how he treated me for such a long time. Because I thought it was normal, but, but also it tells you how loyal I was to him and how much I wanted it to work. But 
he doesn't really, he didn't really see me as a person with needs that mattered. See, he just saw me as a person that filled his needs. He saw me in a role. He saw me as a tool. The same way a toxic workplace sees you as a tool. You know, you're the person who fulfills my sexual needs. You're the person who feeds me. You're the person who bears my children. You're the person who puts the kids to bed. You're the person who's the emotional support when I need emotional support who's going to listen to me. You're the person I can vent to. And you're the person I can take my anger out on. And that was just expected because he had this worldview of just being entitled to all my time and all my energy and to the point where I wasn't allowed to have needs or wants. My having needs and wants, that was an affront to him. That was bad. That was some kind of threat. And I've gotten to the point now, you know, I used to try and give everyone a chance, but I don't anymore. I mean, if I don't know a person, I'll give them a chance. You know, I I give the trust initially. But then if the trust is violated, I'm not going to keep giving chances. Because there really, truly are people in this world who are just in it for themselves. They do not care about anybody else but themselves. And they feel entitled to use people. So this is a short podcast. I'm going to wrap it up. I did want to wrap up this season. Next season will probably start um, in three or four more weeks. I wanted to wrap up this season with something that that made sense that brought everything together and I really think that this is the thing and people who treat other people like tools just tend to feel like they're entitled and they may present as martyrs like they're so great and how could you not do xyz for them And they might even present themselves as victims. They often do. And when they get angry, it's usually because they're angry you haven't done something for them that they feel entitled to. And that's what causes the anger. It's not that they have an anger problem. It's not that they have trouble controlling their anger any more than anyone else. It's those thoughts of this person should be doing this for me and they're not doing it. That's what causes the anger. So I'm going to wrap up. And I did get some suggestions for where to go for next season. One of them was green flags, ways of knowing that you're in a good relationship. And I really do like that idea of taking that turn. Would like to talk about ways of knowing you're in a healthy relationship. If you have any ideas, things that help you know that you're in a healthy relationship, I would invite you to go to Spotlight on Spiritual Abuse and send me a message. Because I might incorporate your wisdom. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, consider joining me on the Facebook page called Spotlight on Spiritual Abuse. You can message me there or post. And remember to always trust your instincts. Don't let others tell you how to think.